Awesome. So great to have you all in the house this Father's Day. Uh, nothing like it this morning, Pastor Dave. My father, he is in Springfield, Missouri, or not Springfield, but I'm in Missouri, St. Joseph, Missouri, with my brother and uh, my sister-in-law. And actually, he took my daughter Avery, our second, uh, who is with them, and they're just having a blast celebrating in Missouri with my brother and family. And uh, so we always miss my dad, but my dad, I'm sure, will hear this, see this, and thank you, dad. You're the greatest dad. There's nothing like being able to be raised in a home with a godly man that will pour into uh, his children, and so thank you. And he continues to do that till, still today. And so once again, thank you, dads in the room. Maybe some of you that are right now in the thick of it, you are, you've got kids at home. Maybe like us, there's five or maybe more or maybe less, whatever it is. Blessings to you, and you're going to make it. It's going to work. <laughs> you're going to be a good dad. You are a good dad. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. And uh, God is going to move and, and continue to speak through you and pray that today on Father's Day, that's exactly what happens. Well, this morning as we started, we're going to be looking in Philippians chapter 3 this morning, and uh, specifically diving in verse 12 is our key verse of the day. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Now, when I think of a Father's Day, this, in case you were wondering, this goes for mothers, this goes for grandmas, this goes for young kids in the room, any age, whatever your marital status is in the room. Uh, I am very thankful because Paul, who is writing this word, would say, not that I have already made it. I haven't obtained it, and I'm not perfect. And I think that should, for all of us, say, whoo, praise the Lord. Because your pastor standing up here on this stage, guess what? I am not perfect. I've been saying recently, and I think it's so important for us to, uh, us to understand, if you're a part of a church, uh, if you're part of Radiant Life Church, guess what? If you're here for more than a few weeks, somebody's going to do something, maybe look at you or say something, maybe unintentionally, or maybe even Hopefully not, but maybe even intentionally, because we're all humans. Now, thankfully, Pastor Eric at his church, I think, I don't think they have any of that stuff at all. Perfect people, and it's really good. But here at Radiant Life Church, right, we have, we have some people. And when I say some people, I mean me. We've got me's in the room. We've got Pastor Chris's, whatever your name is. So we are in a place where we have not obtained what we're going to be like when we're in heaven. And first, I thank, praise the Lord, heaven's going to be good someday. I cannot wait for that day. But also, I like that Paul would say, we're not there yet. We haven't quite obtained it. And if you figure it out, be sure to tell all of us how to do it, right? But he, he doesn't just stop with, I'm not perfect. I haven't made it. Why? He says, but I press on. I continue to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. And when we understand that we're not where we're going to be, and I pray I'm not where I'm going to be tomorrow or next week or next month or next year, but I'm still pressing on to get to where God has me to be, then I can understand a few things. I can take some pressure off of me. You're going to mess up sometimes. You're going to make mistakes. And I can put some pressure on you because you're going to keep pushing and you're going to keep striving. You're going to keep saying yes to the Lord. And today, that's what we're going to look at here in these verses, how we can make heaven our own. How we can go after the things of God. So the first part of verse 12 will get it kicked off. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect. I'm not there yet. In fact, could you all say that with me? 
I'm not there yet. Whew. Okay, we're all on the same page. And here in verse 18 and 19, as we jump down a few, we can see maybe some situations that would kind of show here that they're not there yet as well. It says, For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. And they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. Now, anybody else? I do not want these things to be labeled as my things, right? I do not want to be and walk as enemies of the cross. I don't want this destruction to be my end. I don't want their God to be their belly or to glory in shame or with mindset on earthly things. But each one of these things, when we really look at them, are things that can be things that we struggle with. Their God is their belly. Now here it's not talking about food. That's not necessarily the point of what he is getting at here. But it's, it's living for pleasures of the body, of the mind, of the spirit. It's living for ourselves. Now then I'm like, well, sometimes I probably do that. In fact, I love to do fun things. I would say that in the past year, we've had the opportunity to do some cool things like skydiving is fun or anybody like boating. I love boating. I love going to the beach. I love going to the mountains. I love just doing anything really that's fun, right? But the key in my life is, Lord, am I just trying to let fun things in my life get me through life or are they just perks and benefits of what life is? In other words, am I living my life to get to the boat? Because if I don't make it to the boat, then I'm not going to have any fun and my life is no good. Is it about me and what I want and what I feel? Is it about my own feelings and emotions, the pleasures that I have, or else life is no good? And Paul would say, many people live for their own pleasure. They live for their own feelings. They live for their own desires. And we get off track when all of a sudden that is what we live for. Now, I think of, of parenting in the room uh, for anybody that has kids that are at home or have ever been at home, when I think of parenting, you have this great dream before you have children, of the magic that it will be, of all of this. Then you have children, and sometimes you get to experience that. Normally, from about 10 p.m. to about 6 a.m., 7 a.m. when they're sleeping, magical, right? Magical moments. But then there's difficult times. Like, you don't raise kids because it's easy, you don't raise kids because now you get to sleep more, you get to do what you want more, you, you just get to do your own thing, right? You do not. When you have children, there's work that comes with it. Your life changes. In fact, if you're a young married couple in the room, you want to be ready for your life to change before you have a child. Because once you have a child, it will change. There is no doubt about it. And in our life, there's times where it's like, I just want my own thing. And we get into situations, and if my own pleasure, my own desire, my own will is what I live for, then there's a moment where you say, well, parenting's really hard. It's not just easy. It's not just fun. It's not just about me. Or my job, it's good. I make money, but it's also difficult. Sometimes I might not want to go. Or any situation in my life, if it's about me, there's a moment when I get to it and say, this is not what I want to live for. And I would say, guess what? You're not supposed to be living for these things, even good things like parenting. No matter what the case is, we would be so not to live for our own belly, for our own desires, for our own pleasures, but to live for God. He goes on, say that people live 
and give glory even in their shame. Like, they get it all messed up. And we wouldn't think, yeah, I'm not, I'm not putting glory to my shame. But are there times when we walk life and then we realize at a certain point, oh man, I've been living outside of what God would have for me. Maybe I didn't even realize or didn't even understand. I would even celebrate what this looks like. And Lord, I don't want that to be what I'm known for. Celebrating the wrong areas, celebrating the wrong things, being proud of the wrong things that would not bring glory but instead it should bring shame. I don't want my mind to be set on those earthly things. But Lord, I want my mind set on you and who you are. I want my mind on the good and the, the God of the universe and how I can serve him. And I can say with complete confidence, like Paul, I'm not there yet. I believe that we can all say, I'm not there yet. We're not there. We're still working. We're still figuring it out. We're still moving in hopefully the right direction, going after the things of God. But in this moment, we're still on that journey. Someday we will find ourselves in heaven. Someday we'll get on the other side. Someday there's no more tears, death, sorrow, and sin. And I cannot wait for those days. But until then, I have not arrived. But I'm on a journey. I'm moving towards God. And that's what we see in the second part of verse 12. But I press on to make it my own. I press on to go after the things of God. I press on to look more like him. Verse 13 through 17 go on. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. And it's good to know that you are not there yet, but you can work to make it your own. You have not made it your own yet, but you're making it your own. And when we think about this and the Greek word of what that, making it your own or apprehending or attaining it, it's, it's a, a thought of great force. Maybe if you're a sport fan in the room or a football player, uh, even if you're not, you've probably seen a commercial where a defensive player just comes and just not, like, hopefully not actually knocks them out, but lays out someone, takes them aggressively to the ground, that they have no hope of staying or continuing up because they have uh, apprehended them. They've grabbed them. They've thrown them to the ground. And it would say that's what we should be doing with our, is grabbing a hold of what God wants, grabbing a hold of the goodness of God, of who he is, of becoming mature in our spirit, in our life of making it happen, of working it so that we're not going to miss what God is doing and what he wants to speak. Now, recently we went to Cedar Point and uh, we had a blast a few days. Uh, my, my son Jordan, he really enjoys these roller coasters. He gets excited and he's ready to go. And then we get to the end. And then early in our week at Cedar Point, then he would start to get nervous. Now there's a couple, Millennium Force, and Steel Vengeance that are the best roller coasters 
at Cedar Point. So if you ever want to go, those are the ones you want to ride uh, if you like the biggest best. In fact, in the world, uh, some people would say Steel Vengeance is the best or one of the top five for sure roller coasters in the world. Millennium Force is in the top 15. So to have them both at the same park is like, whoa, come on, this is awesome. So he would do it. Once we would get strapped in, he would start to kind of get whiter as it would go. Like his color would start to, then we'd start to go up the hill and then he would be holding on. Like tense, I'm like, you gotta breathe. You need to breathe. Don't pass out. I was sure he would pass out one of these times. Then we'd get to the top and a 310 foot drop on Millennium Force and straight down like, whoa! And he would be like his face completely white. I was sure he was going to pass out. Once again, it was just like he's holding on. He wanted to do it. He was excited about it. In the middle of it, fear and trembling and not breathing. That's pretty much what it was. Then afterwards, like, oh, that was awesome. But as we went, then he wanted to do what I do and what some of his siblings do. He wanted to raise his hands and, and have his hands up for the ride. So he was going to do it. And then he got into it. And the first, you know, he decided, actually, I'm not going to do it. He decided that on the way up the hill. Like, I changed my mind. I'm not going to hold my hands up anymore. I don't want any part of it. So he, he was upset, like, oh, I should be able to do this. I'm like, just do it when you can, you know, whenever you want to. If you want to, do it. And by the end of the week, every ride that he rode, his hands were up high. He was making it happen. He, he had grown. He no longer lost color in his, in his skin. Like, he was all good to go. And as I was thinking about it, sometimes in our life, in fact, I would say most things in our life that are worth fighting for. They're not easy. It's not like, oh yeah, this is no big deal. Uh, in fact, he probably can have more fun on roller coasters than I can because he's scared of them. Like it's like, ah, and then he's overcome that fear. But in our walk with God, sometimes we want things just to happen. We want to say, well, I'm perfect or I'm a failure. Like that's the, the two options. There's only one or the other. And I think Paul would tell us, we are on a journey that I have not arrived, I am not perfect, but I am going to wrestle this thing to the ground and look more like Jesus tomorrow than I do today. And he's going to do it over and over and over again, to the point where at some point, you're on Millennium Force, that thing in your life, and you're like, yeah, I got this, like hands up, the, the picture when it takes the picture. If you're not a, a roller coaster park person, there's pictures, it's all fun, you should try sometime, it's great. Which, real fast, how many people would never, ever go on one of those rides? Like, you would never do it. Raise your hand real high. You all are missing it. You're all missing it. We need to have a, a Radiant Life Church time. It is so much fun. I'm just messing with you. But in our life, we must be people that say, I am going to make it my own. Roller coasters do not matter. Your walk with the Lord does matter. Whatever thing in your life that you've overcome, maybe you've gotten good at something you used to not be. All of these musicians... Singers, when you start to play the piano, it doesn't sound like Janelle when she was just playing here today. It takes effort. It takes work. You've got to own it. You have to play it. In fact, Janelle, she'll sit out on that piano in our foyer on Wednesday nights and just play. Everyone else goes home and she just keeps playing. Right? But it takes practice to get where you want to go. And in our life, there's a moment when we understand, Lord, I am not where I'm going to be but I'm moving in the right direction and I'm going to tackle it. I'm going to apprehend it. I'm going to make this my own. The word of God is not something that a pastor or a group leader is going to read or that maybe a Christian radio station will read a verse of the day. No, the word of God is going to become who I am. I will make it me. It's going to be who I am because it's truth. It's the word of God for us. It's not just a book. It's not just something we read. It's the truth that will change us. 
And as a dad or a mom or a grandparent or a, a human being with people all around us, an employer, or employee, whatever you do, when we understand that, Lord, I'm not there yet, I wish I was. But Lord, I need you more. I'm going to look more like you. I'm going to act more like you. I'm going to become more like you. In fact, I'm going to be sure that like the mature think, I'm going to act that way. And if I'm not right now, in verse uh, 15, God will reveal that also to you. God will help you even in areas you don't know, even in areas you don't understand, even in areas you struggle with. You can do it. You're heading in the right direction if you're going towards Jesus. On a day where, uh, with Father's Day, uh, many times, I don't know, I'm not going to make any men raise their hand or wives raise, raise their hands, but sometimes parenting can be incredibly frustrating. Incredibly. In fact, I would even use the word, sometimes it can be angering. Any, um, you don't actually have to raise your hand, but anybody ever lost your temper in a spot where you're like, I don't know if that was my best moment of my life. I'm not sure. But somehow, it's just like the natural response. It's like, Lord, help me. And if I want to be a good dad, then I'm not just going to be like, oh, well, that's just how I am. My dad was like that. I'm like that. We're going to be like that. No, Lord Jesus, I am going to apprehend these things in my life. And what would have made me blow off the handle before, not anymore. I'm going to be calmer than I used to be. And when I mess up, oh, man, Lord, I am not where I want to be. I've not obtained that perfection. But Lord, I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep going. In fact, whoever in this room, is there something in your life that you'd say, oh, God has been speaking and I've been struggling. And maybe you felt discouraged, like you felt like a failure. And I want you to know that God's not looking. He's not calling you a failure. He's calling you to apprehend it. He's calling you to fight it. He's calling you to make it your own. Make him your own. And watch as what was difficult, maybe in a week or a month or a year. Maybe it takes a decade before you get it and you're like, that's not even a thing in my life. Watch as God just cheers you on, as he keeps pushing you, as he keeps encouraging you. But if we just stop with, yeah, I'm, I'm not good. I'm a failure. I haven't accomplished. If that's where we stay, we miss what God is doing. But when we start to say, Lord, no, I'm going to fight for what is important. I'm going to fight for what your word would say. I'm going to fight for the truth. I'm going to fight to not let culture dictate what I do or who I am. But I'm going to fight to let the word of God be what my natural bend is. I'm not going to look at TV or commercials or political stuff or anything. No, I'm going to look at what your word would speak. And when your word speaks, that's who I am. I've got to fight with it. I've got to apprehend it. I've got to make it my own so I can get to the other side. So I can experience all that God has for me. And church, that's for you too. It's for you, Lord, help me. Lord, help each of you be people that fight with the things that are going on to just make it to that next step, to let God move in your situation. If you struggle with anger today, you don't have to stay struggling with anger. Fight it. Fight it. Keep going. And know that there's a God in heaven cheering you on as you do. Come on. It, come on. You got this. You're going to make it to the next place. Take whatever that might be in your life. Take it to the ground and let God bring healing and wholeness. Because you can make this call. You can make what, what Paul is talking about your own. You're invited to live for a higher purpose. If right now in your life you struggle and you just don't know what life's all about, you're trying to figure out where you're going. Can I tell you, God's got something big for you. 
He's got something for you. And it may be on some stage or it might be something that no one else sees. Except you just keep sharing Jesus. You keep talking about Jesus. You keep changing your family. You keep changing what used to be not healthy. And now you make it healthy as you keep going with the Lord. And letting Him speak into your life, into your situation. You keep having conversations in your neighborhood. And one by one seeing people that all of a sudden... You're starting to have spiritual conversations where before you didn't even know anybody's name. Just one conversation at a time. Whatever it might be in your life, to let God move and speak and pour himself into you. Because we're not there yet. We're not there yet. But no one has the okay to stay where we are. In the kingdom, I pray that you hear that. You're not there yet. I'm not there yet. But don't stop. Keep pushing. Keep going. The struggles of your life, watch God bring freedom and wholeness because you're not going to just stay and say, well, I can't do it. No, you're going to push on. You're going to push forward. You're going to push to the next thing that God has for you. Then the third part of verse 12 says, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. In the process, in the moment of not being there, not already obtaining, not already being perfect. In the process of pushing on and trying to look more like Jesus, Jesus has already done the hard work of making you his own. Which is why when I think of the word, nothing can be better than realizing, Lord, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not perfect. I'm not who you've completely created me to be. But Lord, even in the process, I give my life to you and you've called me your own. You've called me as a son or daughter. In fact, as we jump down in verse 20 and 21, it says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body, by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. It is good news. That he's already got you. It's good news. He's already made you his own. And we are on the process of heading toward home. Which means the best things of this life, the best memories of this life, the greatest experiences of your life, long term aren't going to mean a lot. Because someday we're going to be in the presence of God. And it's going to be so much better than what you could throw out there. What you could tell a story of. God is better. But you know what else? Maybe the difficult things, the hard things, the things that you've struggled with. Someday, that citizenship of heaven, that what he has done, where you're heading, your heavenly home, it's going to be so much better. So much better. And it's going to overwipe all of the negative things that have ever happened as you keep wrestling with moving towards Jesus. Looking more like Jesus. Acting more like Jesus. As you head home. As you head towards him. As you head towards the goodness of who he is, church, he has great things in store for you. Jesus has the power in your life. He does. He's got the power to move and to change and to make you new. What you cannot do, he can. And I pray that on this Father's Day, all of the dads in the room, that maybe in areas where you've struggled or where you don't know what to do or you don't know how to take a next step or maybe you feel lost or you don't know. I want you to know today that you do not have to have the answer because you have a God that wants to walk beside you, wants to walk with you, wants to be there for you and see you take your life from where you are to where he would call it to be because you become a person of him. You follow him. You walk in him. 
Maybe this is your first Sunday in a church and you just are here and you're like, I don't even know why I'm here. But we're so thankful that you're here. We believe Jesus is the reason. Or maybe you've been a church person your whole entire life. Maybe you followed him since you were a small child. Whoever you are and wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you can know that we're heading in a direction. And when we say yes to Jesus, we are heading towards home. We're heading towards being like him and experiencing him. And in fact, in these words, talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, talking about citizenship in Philippians, these were big things, big thoughts. Because Philippians uh, were, were Roman citizens. They were people that had citizenship in something that was bigger and stronger than maybe everybody else if you weren't a Roman citizen. It was a big thing to be a Roman citizen. And it was a big thing, that title Lord, because Lord was also applied to Roman Caesar. And so in their day, there was a moment and a time when the Philippians would say, wait, my, my citizenship, that is as a Roman citizen. And instead he's saying, no, no longer is the Roman citizenship what matters more. What matters now is your citizenship in heaven and who he has called you to be. No longer do we call the Roman emperor Lord. Instead, Jesus Christ is Lord. And this wasn't some small decision because in their day, people began to be martyred for calling Jesus Lord. They began to be martyred because they wouldn't, they wouldn't do what, what the, the government wanted them to do and act because they held Jesus as the Lord in their life. It's a big deal when we start to say, Lord, I'm heading towards you. I'm heading towards understanding what you are about in their day. Citizenship and Jesus being Lord. And it's a big deal in our life today when we start to say, you know what, I'm probably not a very good dad apart from Jesus. I'm probably not the most even-tempered person apart from Jesus. Whatever your thing is, you could throw it out there. I'm probably not that. But with Jesus, I can make it. With Jesus, I can do it. Why? Because I'm not a citizen of this earth. I'm a citizen of heaven. Because it's not about a president or a leader or a church or a pastor. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ who we give glory and honor to, who has already called us his own, who has already given us freedom, who gives us a hope. It's not about me. It's not about where I live. It's not about where I came from. It's not about where I'm going. It's about Jesus. I'm heading home. I'm going to know him. I'm going to make it my own. Even while I haven't got there yet. I'm not perfect. I don't have the answer. But his love and his relationship and his care for me, that's already 100% completed. So dad, mom, young to old in the room, whatever position you see yourself today. Know the Lord loves you. He cares for you. He's got the best things for you. And I would ask you, don't stop. Don't stop where you are. Don't stop if it's difficult. Don't stop if things are going real. Keep pushing on towards what God has and watch him turn your dreams and the things that he's called you to do. Watch him make those things a reality. And for some, maybe watch him put new dreams and visions in your heart. Not so that you have personal feelings that are good. Not so that you can just feel good about life. No, but watch as he transforms who you are and what you're about in a way that the world around you is going to see Jesus through you. Paul says to imitate. He says you can look like him, follow him. 
My prayer is that as a dad this morning, that Jordan, Elizabeth, they're sitting right up here on the second row. I pray that they can follow their dad. And not because I'm perfect, not because I've got it all together. Paul, I'll take the words right from him. But because I keep pushing on. I keep going to be more like Jesus. I want to act more every day. And I pray that as they follow me, they're going to run into Jesus. They're going to love Jesus. They're going to care for Jesus. Not because I'm so great, because the God of the universe, as I'm looking at him, he's great. And so today, my prayer for you, right where you are, as a parent, as a friend, as a co-worker, maybe as a school teacher, whatever you do, whoever you are, let's pray. If you follow me, you're going to run in the right direction. If you follow me, you're going to come to know Jesus because, because I love him. And I want to know him more. And I'm going to keep fighting and wrestling with the goodness of God to look more like him so that as you follow me, you're going to do the same. That's how I believe the church. That's how we grow. That's how we experience more of him. That's how we start to see an impact that's more than a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or a small group, but that's all week long wherever we go. Lord, if that's our prayer this morning, Lord, I pray that someone could look at me and if they follow me, they're going to run directly into you. Because I'm leading them in the right direction. And dads, this morning, I love, I love each one of you. You've got a big job. Those that have kids in the home right now, you've got a big job. You can do it. You're going to make it. If it's an easy season, bless you. If it's a difficult season, bless you. You're going to get to the other side of that difficult season. I can say someday, I can be honest with you, I look forward to the day when Elizabeth or Jordan, when they come home with their husband or their wife and they bring their grandkids home and they get to be with us for like six hours or so, or maybe a day or two, maybe even like a few days, and then we send them home. Like, I think that sounds good. I've never talked to a grandparent, in fact, who's ever like, I just wish that I didn't have this and I was just like in the parents with newborns. I've never talked to that person. Maybe you're that person. You're going to make it to the other side. There's a new season that's coming, but you're not going to skip by and not be present. No, you can be present. You can parent well. Don't let anybody else parent for you. You parent. Schools aren't going to parent. The church, we should help, help in that process, but the church isn't your kids' parents. You be the parent. Some of you grandparents in the room, you be the grandparents that help your kids raise their kids well towards Jesus. Maybe some of your children were praying that they come to know the Lord. Maybe they're not a part of that. You be the one that they get to see through you what Jesus is doing. And watch as God brings your son or your daughter or your family to him. One step at a time. One step. Not because you're perfect. Because nobody in this room is. Paul wasn't. We're definitely not. But because you say yes to Jesus. Because you say yes to Jesus. Because you're willing to say, oh man, I messed up. Lord, Help me to not look like that. Help me to act like you. He says, I know, I got you. I love you. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. Whatever God has called you to do, you're going to make it. I pray this morning that you leave so encouraged by the goodness of God, that you're not there yet, but you're on the way. You're headed in the right direction, and you're not going to let it go. You're going to keep tight and get tighter with Jesus every day to look more like him, to act more like him. Dads, to lead your kids towards Jesus just a little bit better than yesterday. And every day, let that be our prayer and our goal. Lord, help us. So Lord, this morning we're thankful 
that we get to come before you. We're thankful for this awesome group on a Father's Day, for these dads, for every person in this room that has impact on kids. Because there's a lot of kids at Radiant Life Church. Lord, I pray that each one would be encouraged and blessed. And maybe specifically for some dads today that they feel like they're struggling. They feel like they're not accomplishing or doing that job as well as they should. Lord, I pray you would give them new excitement, new energy. Lord, a new passion to lead their kids to be the husband and the dad that they should be, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I pray that the pressure would come off. And we're not perfect, we know that. But we're moving in the right direction. We're going to look more like you. We're going to parent a little bit better tomorrow. We're going to share you with our world a little more than we did before. Lord, because we're on the journey to be all you've called us to be. And we're not going to stop. We're not going to stay where we are, but we're going to move forward into you. Lord, we love you. We thank you and we praise you for you are so, so good. You are so good, Jesus. We give you all glory and honor. It's in your name we pray. Amen. And amen. I just want to say thank you for being here today. Also let you know that yesterday we had a vacation Bible school here. I think we had between 70 and 80 kids. There were between 50 and 60 volunteers who came. It was a blast. Kids from Radiant Life Church as well as kids from the community, from the daycare. And just want to say thank you to all of you who helped be a part of that. I loved sitting in the foyer in the craft area. They were just telling Bible stories like through the crafts, talking about the greatness of God, doing experiments, doing all those things. It's so cool to see people just use their God-given talents. And uh, so thank you for all of you that helped. For Pastor Mike uh, in Kids Church, he, he just knocked it out of the park. And uh, we're just thankful for that great opportunity. Also want to encourage you to be in prayer for our students. Uh, we, a bunch of the staff are going to be at Heartland for youth camp this week. A bunch of high school students from here are going to be going next week. In three weeks, more high school or middle school students. And then kids camps to follow in July. And it is going to be a blast. There's nothing like camp. And would you be praying for our students this summer? That God uses them, moves in them. I think we're going to have probably around 60 of our students that will be at camps throughout the different weeks. And uh, that God speaks clearly. That if they don't know him, they give their lives to him. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. That many of them that, that God would call would be called into ministry, clear that God would speak to them. That's what camp's about, and so we love it. So thank you so much. Thank you for being here this morning. We love you all and are thankful for each of you. Happy Rad Dad Day to all of our dads. Uh, you're great. Go take some pictures out in the foyer with your, with your family, and uh, let's just fellowship, hang out, have a wonderful, wonderful afternoon. We love you all. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. Happy Rad Dad Day. Have a good one. <laughs>